Welcome to another episode of The Brand Called You, a podcast and podcast show that brings you leadership lessons, knowledge, experience, and wisdom from thousands of successful individuals from around the world. I am your host, Ashutosh Garg, and today I'm delighted and privileged to welcome a very, very senior academician from Texas, USA, Mr. Moshe Vardy. Moshe, welcome to the show. It's good to be with you. Thank you. Moshe, or I should say Professor Moshe, uh, is a professor of computer science at Rice University, USA. He's an author of two books and has over 700 articles to his uh, credit. And he has been recognized, awarded, and felicitated globally. So today, Moshe, uh, after such an amazing track record that you have, today we'll focus on information technology. And let me start by asking you, um, before I get into this, tell me a little bit about your own background and what took you to the US. Um, I discovered computers almost accidentally at age 16. Okay. There was an advertisement in the paper about a programming course in a local uni- Tel Aviv University. Mm-hmm. And I don't know exactly what intrigued me, but I was somehow intrigued because at that point, we're talking about many years ago, there was computers were not on people's mind. They were in a, what we call the glass house, you know, big corporation, universities yeah. as a mainframe. But somehow I was intrigued and uh, I took this two week programming course and it was love at first sight, as they say. Mm. And um, so I went and uh, got my education in Israel. Mm-hmm. And Israel at the time, in particular, was such a small country that the feeling was that if you want an academic career, you need to go abroad to broaden yourself, mm. so to speak. Mm. Today, it's less necessary because Israel is a powerhouse in Absolutely. computer science. Absolutely. But at the time, at the time, it was you need to go abroad. And most people used to go to United States. So I went to United States to do a postdoc. Mm-hmm. But I met, uh, I went to Stanford, but I met my wife in Palo Alto. And mm-hmm. the rest, as they say, is history. history. Wonderful. And uh, what made you stay in academics rather than uh, in business or industry or a startup? So I did go, after I did my postdoc, I did did go to IBM Research, mm-hmm. partly because it was, I was in, I lived in time in Palo Alto, mm-hmm. and uh, IBM was just uh, down the road in, in uh, San Jose, and uh, I did part of my postdoc at, uh, at IBM Research, so I applied there, and uh, I got the job as a, as a, what's called RSM, Research Staff Members, and then ultimately I became a department manager there. Mm-hmm. And then IBM's business hit the rocks. Okay. And when it was become very clear that uh, doing industrial research is wonderful when the company is very profitable. Mm-hmm. But when business is very tight, you know, they're tightening everywhere. And it became, mm-hmm. somehow it seemed that it was not a long, a good long-term bet. Mm-hmm. And then I decided after about 10 years in, uh, in industry, decided it was time to move to academia and it was one of the my best career decision ever so um, I have no regrets fantastic so now yeah. let's talk a little bit about what's happening in the world today and my first question to you is what are some of the challenges being faced in the digital age i would say is that uh, we launch a revolution and very often people who launch a revolution don't realize what they have launched. Mm-hmm. 
kind of the, the accidental revolutionaries. Hmm. So we, we say, oh, this is a wonderful invention. This is great. Microprocessor, this is great. Oh, internet, this is, this is great. Hmm. Uh, but what we have really launched is an astounding revolution in, in terms of, of, of its depth. Correct. Because we have taken a concept that used to be very nebulous, information. Mm-hmm. If you ask people, you know, in the before Shannon even, what is information? It was what information is mm-hmm. trying to quantify love, Correct. you know, Correct. compassion. You know, we have lots of lots of things we can we, yes. we refer to, but we don't think of well them said. quantitatively. Well said. Mm-hmm. And and we turn information into something that can be that can be made quantitative, mm-hmm. can be measured, and can be processed. Okay, information now can be processed. Mm-hmm. So today, the, the phrase information processing is a bit kind of, you know, old-fashioned term, information processing. Mm-hmm. But the fact that you can process information, you take this nebulous concept mm-hmm. and, and process it. So if you look at kind of what are the, you know, the things that shape humanity, mm-hmm. then, of course, there was that they would develop language. Mm-hmm. Okay, we don't know exactly when it started. People debated exactly. 100 to 30 years ago, we developed language. Mm-hmm. And then we developed much closer, very recent, in, in, in cosmic timescale, it was just yesterday, you know, mm-hmm. about 6,000 years ago, maybe we developed writing. Correct. Okay. And then in the Middle Ages, we developed, you know, the print. Mm-hmm. And kind of this is the next. And all of these were huge huge revolution that change humanity humanity before humanity after it's a different thing mm. and now we are we have launched yet another one and we you know we, we are not any better than than other inventor in foreseeing the consequences of our invention there is a beautiful story that I like yeah. about physicists in the early 19th century in Cavendish lab in Cambridge UK mm-hmm. they, they discovered the electron mm-hmm. A beautiful scientific discovery. They have a cocktail party to celebrate it okay. and the toast to the electron, which will never be of any use to anyone. <laughs> okay. Okay. And now we laugh at them, right? Yes. But we we have not been much different than them. We did not foresee what we are what we are launching. What you unleashed. What we have unleashed. In okay. fact, there was there is a, a a quote I think attributed to. I think it was to Samuel Samuel Morse when he invented mm-hmm. telegraph and the first message was sent, which is really kind of part of the information processing. We think of mm-hmm. it starting with Shannon, but the telegraph actually okay. and the telephone were a way of taking sound and and taking information and digitizing mm-hmm. it and transmitting it, right? right? So we had previous thing. It didn't start with, with necessarily with Shannon. Shannon showed us how to measure it, but the ideas started before. But I think it was Samuel Morse who said, "What had what have what have we wrought? Mm. You know, what have we done? Mm. You know." And and now with the society, we are really I would say today the biggest challenge to society is dealing with this revolution that we launched. Mm. And, and computer scientists in particular are having a hard time because we used to think first of all we think well, you know we're just we're playing games, you know, mm-hmm. we're programming, it's nice puzzles, you know, nice cool devices. And we have changed the world for the better and for the worse. I mm-hmm. mean, for the better is you and I can sit now on the other two sides of the globe and have this uh, conversation. And it's not quite like being in the same room, mm-hmm. but it's it's a, it's a pretty good approximation, okay? 
Absolutely. I mean, think of what would happen with the pandemic if we did not have Zoom. Correct. Okay. Absolutely. Absolutely. And yet, uh, Moshe, when you look at it, while you know you and I are speaking here, we seem to be continuously moving into a, a more and more complex set of technologies. Whether you know, and I'd love to get your perspective on the metaverse. Tomorrow, you and I could be sitting and talking in, in the metaverse, and but metaverse is there, artificial intelligence is there, machine learning is there, robotics is there. How are all these going to change uh, the world? What is your perspective? Well, I think somewhere there we have uh, we have lost track of what technology should be about. Mm -hmm. Okay, and the answer is that technology was always supposed to help people. Mm -hmm. Okay, and Leibniz, when he conceived of the of the what he called the reasoning calculus, mm -hmm. it will be it will be like like glasses for the brain mm. you know it was all about really human aug augmentation mm. okay and uh, somewhere there we kind of we lost track of this and we became we fell in love for technology for technology's sake mm -hmm. so now we seem to be rushing into the metaverse and you mm -hmm. ask wait a minute what problem what human problem is it trying to solve right now right. okay right. so you look at a company like facebook mm which is uh, one of the sources, I mean, a major. it's been a major player in the current ills of societal ills. And mm -hmm. we had, we had the, the leakage of the, of the Facebook papers mm -hmm. just uh, last fall. Right. And we showed that even Facebook knew about all the social, societal damage that mm -hmm. they are causing. Mm -hmm. But hey, it brings the money, so we, we can't stop it. Okay, mm -hmm. you have to continue mm -hmm. because that's what brings the money. Yeah. And so they have, instead of telling us, look, the metaverse will cure what we have done before. Mea culpa, we are very sorry at what we have done. Mm -hmm. But now we have ideas to how to repair it, how to mend it. Mm -hmm. No, now we have more technology. And the answer is, what problem is, what human problem are they trying to solve? None of that stuff, okay? Mm. It's profit-driven, you know, and we are all sucker for technology. I'm not better than anyone else in this mm. case. You have a cool new technology. Wow, let's let's use it. Yeah. We'll, we'll figure out the consequences later. Mm. And in the meantime, you know, seeing, you know, we have the, the United States, which you can probably describe as the mother of modern democracy. Correct. And, and democracy here is in, in serious uh, peril. Mm -hmm. And it's complicated. You know, historian will, will, will spend now decades trying to analyze what happened to this country. Right. But I think, I, think, I, I think it will be very hard to not to conclude that technology played a key role there. Mm. And one of the main things technology did is called you know, societal polarization. So mm. for democratic society to function, there has to be a sense of of shared, shared, shared uh, destiny. Okay, we are in it together. Okay. But Moshe, yes. coming back, sorry to interrupt yeah. you, but coming yeah. back to the metaverse, you yeah. know, uh, you give me the example of the cocktail party when the electron was found, and you said that we don't really know what at that time they didn't know what an electron could do. Yeah. Is is the metaverse a party that's too early, or do you see something significant happening in the future? So, um, so. When are we talking about? Somewhere, probably, maybe 15 years ago, so I don't remember exactly, mm -hmm. we had sec Second Life. Correct. And uh, 
I was among the people. Oh, we're going to build a virtual campus. Mm-hmm. Let's do that, you know, and people will come and they'll visit the virtual campus. Mm-hmm. And one of the, this illu- I remember a point in which I said, oh, four-letter word. Mm-hmm. A, a female colleague of mine came to me very disturbed. Mm-hmm. What happened? Someone on Second Life dropped his pants in front of me. Okay. On Second Life. Mm. Okay. She was almost as disturbed as this has happened in real life. She wow. found it very, very disturbing. And mm. we realized, you know, what are the rules? You know, at least, for example, on, on, uh, in, in real life, okay, in this, in this physical uh, presence, if I drop my pants, mm-hmm. it's called indecent exposure. Correct. Okay. It's a, it's a, it's a mm-hmm. criminal activity. Okay. Indecent exposure. Mm-hmm. What happened in the metaverse if somebody dropped their pants? Mm. What's going on? You what are the rules? We need a metaverse policeman. Yeah, we need a metaverse police. Who is who is responsible? What are the rules in the metaverse? And answer is we don't know. There are no rules. Yeah, it's a, it's kind of the wild west. Mm. Mm. And so I think we need to really take it, uh, uh, think very very hard. Mm. What is the purpose of the metaverse? What is the purpose other than the Facebook wants to make more money mm-hmm. and are trying to distract attention from the scandal that they, we went through? Okay. Mm-hmm. And the answer is, I have no idea. You know, everybody's telling me we need to go to the metaverse. Sure. Wait a minute. Sure. What is the rationale? Mm-hmm. What problem are we trying to solve? So, you know, one of the other things that uh, people talk to me about the metaverse, and I'm not an expert like you, but there is this whole issue of privacy and personal space that each one of us, irrespective, you and I probably the same vintage, but even the younger people are very fiercely protecting. What happens to privacy in an open platform like the metaverse? So the the paradox of privacy Mm -hmm. is that we are giving away our privacy. Mm -hmm. But I I keep going to talk about what the Greek called the sand heap paradox. Mm And the, the Senhi paradox was really about failure of induction. They say, mm-hmm. if you take one grain of sand, you put it on, in front of you. It's mm-hmm. one grain of sand. You mm-hmm. add another grain of sand. And everybody can say, if you if something is not a heap and you add one grain, it's not a heap. Mm-hmm. But we, you and I know that if you put enough grains of sand, eventually this will become a heap. Correct. So when does the heap become a heap? And so we give, we are willing to give away tiny bits of information about ourselves, mm. one bit at a time. Mm. It's like, imagine that I'm willing to reveal each time, let's suppose you, you say, okay, every time you reveal a pixel mm-hmm. of, of some photograph, mm-hmm. you get you get $1, it's right. a pixel. Of course, if it was a nude, if it was a nude, nude, nude photograph mm. and I reveal enough pixels, then my nude picture is on the web, okay? And I don't know, but you, my body is not is not beautiful enough for me to yeah. want it to be it on the on yes. the web. Correct. So, and but the point is because we are giving our privacy one pixel at a time. Mm. I click like. Oh, what's the big deal? I click like. Okay. Mm. I shared every time, every tiny activity, every grain of sand reveal tiny bit and epsilon about ourselves. Mm. And one of the things that's very hard for the human mind to comprehend is the accumulated impact mm-hmm. of very, very small actions. Mm-hmm. For example, that's why I know 
very intelligent people, they have a hard time with the concept of, of a human-caused climate change. Mm-hmm. Because they say, you know, okay, I drove to the supermarket. It's just, it's a t- nothing, you know, how much can it affect the atmosphere? That's the reason. Of course, each one of them by itself is a tiny contribution, right. okay? Right. Collectively, we have changed over over now, since the Asian Revolution, over about 100, 150 years, mm-hmm. we have changed the climate. The same way, we give away one pixel information, one pixel at a time, one bit at a time, and we have no idea what do they know about us? What picture does emerge? Correct. You know, who knows who knows Moshe Vardi better, Moshe Vardi or Facebook? Mm. Because I live in this manufactured reality in myself, in stuck in my own self-image. Mm-hmm. Facebook see everything I do. Mm. Okay. So now, what have, what's the other side? What do they do with it? They then influence us by putting advertisement, by putting content that they decided we should see. Mm. So they're influence, influencing us, again, one bit at a time. Mm. Each, each bit of influence by itself is nothing. Mm. But when you spend a lot of time on, on, on Google, on Facebook, and you see what they want you to see, yeah. what is the accumulated impact? So what happened is we end up giving away heaps of, of privacy mm. and for free, mm. but what we are paying is being exposed to heaps of influence. Mm. Very interesting. Very interesting. And so, now, we have a, now we have a society mm-hmm. that is being polarized because if you are perceived liberal, Facebook wants you to stay engaged. Right. So they will show you more the content you like. If you are conservative, you will see the other kind of, of content. Mm. And so we are creating this, what people call filter bubbles. Mm. And, you know, now the, the, the people from the other side are not just, well, my, my esteemed opponents, mm-hmm. your opinion of them keeps going lower and lower. Mm. And the notion of shared destiny is gradually eroding as we speak. Mm. And so, I mean, people don't realize how close the United States was on January 6th of 2021 yeah. to losing its democracy. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Okay, you're right. it was a small, very small number of people with some some bold action managed to stave a disaster. Correct. Well said. Well said. So I'm now going to uh, ask you another question, because you know you are a computer science guru. You know the digital world. You know, I mean, you're re- teaching it. You're reading it. You're aware of it. What are the three? predictions that you would make that we should watch out for in the digital economy? So I'm much better at uh, looking at the past and okay. trying to reflect about the past and making about predictions. There is, a, there is I think, a, a Danish expression that says predictions are difficult, especially about the future. Okay. Okay. Um, I think that uh, rather than make a prediction, I would say we are now at a kind of an inflection point mm-hmm. in terms of uh, we have, a, as I said, disruptive technology, mm-hmm. and we also have a huge concentration of power. Yeah. And in some sense, if you look, especially the United States, mm. 1981 was a pivotal year in the history of this country. Correct. For three things. Number one, I came here as a postdoc. Mm-hmm. This is a joke. Yeah. But more seriously, yeah. more seriously, Ronald Reagan was elected. Mm-hmm. 
was inaugurated as president, mm -hmm. was elected in 1980, was inaugurated yeah. as, a, as a president, mm -hmm. and the PC was introduced mm -hmm. in 1981. Okay. Okay. And, you know, of course, the, the, the PC, before that, there were other computers, but the PC was when, when personal computers went mainstream, when okay. the business, a business mm -hmm. tool, okay? And so we, it started a wave of technology on one hand, mm -hmm. and at the same time, Reagan introduced or made the, the, the standard, the, the reigning dogma became neoliberalism, mm -hmm. which is let the market, let's affair, let the market decide on everything. Mm. Okay. So we have had no regulation and exploding technology. Mm -hmm. And now we are seeing the consequences of this. Okay. And so now, you know, people are realizing that having on one hand disruptive technology with no what's what, so to speak guardrail with no rules yeah okay and also allowing huge concentration of power you know mm. when you wonder how did google become so big mm. the answer is they have bought dozens and dozens of companies mm. because one of the liberalization was antitrust okay right. you know in fact the, the the last serious antitrust action by the government against tech company mm. was microsoft and they've lost the case even though microsoft have tamed itself after that today microsoft is considered one of the good players in in, in a big tech Absolutely. but uh, but in fact if, if without the lawsuit even again microsoft google would not have existed because microsoft would have bought it early on mm. But Google has bought Google and Facebook have bought dozens of companies Correct. with no with no government saying, well, wait a minute, we shouldn't have this concentration mm. of power. Mm. So we have disruptive technology, little regulation, mm. and huge concentration of power. Mm. And I think people are realizing this is a very combustible mixture. Correct. And there are more and more, you know, you, the European Union is a, is a is a forefront of trying to regulate it, and it's a large enough market that it will affect. And I think more and more you see more and more talk in the United States. Actually, this is one issue. There seems to be some kind of a, almost a bipartisan agreement mm -hmm. that the too powerful industry is not good for democracy. Mm -hmm. Now, on the other hand, this is by now a huge industry, incredibly powerful. Mm. You know, I don't know exactly now because the stock market has gone up and down. But a yeah. couple of months ago, I calculated the, the market capitalization of the big, we call the big five, okay, which is Alphabet, Amazon, Apple, Microsoft, and Facebook. Mm. And market capitalization at the time in, in maybe around February was uh, over $10 trillion. Wow. Okay. So you have a very large, very large and powerful industry. Mm and uh, they can hire tons of lobbyists they can put tons of money into into cap into political campaigns mm. and who will win the people Correct. or or big tech big and tech i think this. yeah i think this is now one of these i would say epochal struggle really for for the for the soul of democracy and i would say is from my point of view it's also a struggle for the soul of the discipline. What is computing about? Mm. You know, whom are we serving? Mm. Are we end up even in academia essentially serving the big tech machinery producing because now most of my students, where do they end up? They end up in big tech. Correct. So I am really producing the, the, the cannon fodder for big tech to continue its expansion. That's it. 
and so I think we are in an epic struggle now for the for the for democracy and for the soul of for the soul of the discipline. Mm. And I, who will win? I don't know. I hope that you know. I hope that you know. And in the movie, it is much more satisfying when the good guys <laughs> wins and wins at the end. But uh, also, what is what is what is the prize? Okay, so World War Two, the good guys won at the end, right? True. But we can say, oh, there was a happy end because the human toll was just incalculable, Absolutely. incalculable. Absolutely. Absolutely. So we, this is now an epic struggle. I hope the good guys will win. Mm-hmm. But uh, whenever you go to war, you start by digging graves. Correct. 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 Absolutely right. So, uh, Moshe, uh, on that note, I think we've run out of time now. Uh, thank you so much for speaking to me. I would have loved to just carry on talking to you because of such, you're such a fascinating speaker and you have such immense, such vast knowledge about the entire technology space. Maybe I'll set up another time to speak to you on some other subjects. Any, anytime, but, uh, anytime. Thank you so much for speaking to me. It's been a pleasure and good luck in everything you're doing. Thank you, Ashutosh. It was a pleasure talking to you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the brand called You Videocast and Podcast, a platform that brings you knowledge, experience, and wisdom of hundreds of successful individuals from around the world. Do visit our website, www.tbcy.in, to watch and listen to the stories of many more individuals. You can also follow us on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Just search for the brand called You.